Well, welcome once again to Voice of Reason Radio. Chris Honholtz and Richard Story joining you on this. Hey, Rich, we made it to October. <laughs> it's October 3rd, 2020. We are literally in the last few months of this insane year called 2020. We have made it to October. Fall has fallen. The summer is behind us. And Alan Nelson, I think, has already built a tree and has probably got uh, uh, the... The Santa's Village built in his backyard, I'm pretty sure at this point, because Christmas is around the corner. Welcome, welcome to Voice of Reason Radio. We are glad to have you with us this week. And yes, it is another week without critical race theory discussion. So, big deep breath. (laughs) We will address that topic from time to time, but not this week. So, we are glad to have you with us. Hey, if you're new to the program, let me just welcome you. I'm Chris Honholtz, my buddy on the other end of the microphone, actually two time zones away on that microphone is my buddy Richard Story, who is also the host of this program. How are you doing today, Rich? Oh, brother, better than I deserve. Actually, had a really great week. I've got a really, really good dear brother and best friend sent me the coolest cell phone <laughs> cover this week. It's actually a Voice of Reason radio cell phone cover. Thank you, brother, so much. I love it. And... If I'm not mistaken, it looks just like the one that that you're sporting. So I'm sitting here with my official Voice of Reason radio (laughs) cell phone, drinking my official Voice of Reason radio coffee out of my Voice of Reason radio mug. Not available for sale anywhere. I was going to say, where did you get Voice of Reason radio coffee? Because I would never have authorized that. (laughs) (laughs) You missed the last part. I said available for sale nowhere. Oh, see, there I did. I did it again. I blew out somebody's eardrum. I got to remember that. Okay. Um, so if you are brand new to the show, this is Voice of Reason Radio. And if you're an atheist thinking that this was meant that the word reason meant that somehow we were not uh, going to, we were going to be a God hating program, you tuned into the wrong show. Sorry. Uh, but Voice of Reason Radio is simply this it is a program where two brothers in Christ who love God, love his word, and love uh, the people of God, sit together and have a conversation about different topics from a biblical perspective and encourage you, the listener, to not necessarily just listen to us, but actually take it to the word of God and study it and put everything through the one true voice of reason that we have, which is the word of God. So that's our that's our goal. So if you're new, hey, brother, welcome. Yes. One, one disclaimer. There actually is an atheist podcast with a very similar title that uses the phrase voice of reason in their title so yeah please do not get us confused with those and please listen and go to the links that chris is about to share to make sure you're not getting the wrong podcast well you know the sad part is is when we design when we put this show together four and a half years ago and we are literally at the four and a half year mark because we started in April of 2016. It's now October of 2020. So it's been four and a half years. Um, we didn't think to check for other names. <laughs> we didn't think about, should we see if there were other podcasts with this name? It just sounded really cool. So this is this is not a professional program, by the way, by any means. So, uh, yeah, if, if you're an atheist thinking reason meant that you were going to find some sort of God-hating program, you picked the wrong voice of reason, guys. But we welcome you because maybe you'll learn something today. <laughs> so. I was thinking that, uh, that someone has suggested this name, and 
we we had two or three different names yeah. and people voted and this is the one we went with it was something to that effect it just wasn't one of those things that we thought once we got a name that people liked we just didn't stop to think about should we check to see if there were others that went by it and since we don't make any money off of this i'm not worried about a copyright infringement <laughs> so i'm really not worried about that at all but uh it's we are so grateful because in the four and a half years since this show got started um we've seen a it, it's it, it's not it's not massive numbers but we've seen a, a slight growth over the years and um today we probably tripled what we started with in a, you know if, if we saw people 30 downloads in a week rich and i were dancing in the streets so uh we've probably you know anywhere from three to four times that in a given week and that's because you guys and yeah and in fact i'm going to just i'm going to ask you if this program actually benefits you i know i've said this before if this program benefits you hey share the link you know because maybe there's something that we are talking about that will bless somebody else and maybe that'll help them in their walk not that we think that we're uh, should be in the spotlight in any way believe me there are much better people who do what we do and do it better but if there's something that it blessed you, maybe that'll bless somebody else. So if that's something that's helpful and you think it's a good program, and some of you have had some very kind things to say about the show, then all we're going to ask you to do is consider sharing it and putting it out there. Um, you know, we're not we're not a big program, never going to be a big program. That's fine, uh, but we certainly would love to be used by God in whatever capacity we can be. And uh, so if that's something you could uh, do just to click the link and share it with folks, hey, we'd be so thrilled. And then and, and the other thing is, of course, if you've not checked it out, go to our website, slavetothekeng.com. We actually do put content on there. I've, I've had some recent articles that I've shared on there. And uh, you hit the follow uh, button on there. You'll get an email when new stuff comes out new articles, new shows, uh, that way you can get new information. Plus it has the links to our social media for Voice of Reason Radio for both the Twitter and Facebook pages, which we would love you to be part of. Um, it's And the funny thing about Twitter and Facebook algorithms, folks, you kind of have to interact with them for them to show up in your news feed. So that might mean that some of you, uh, especially on the Facebook one, because it's like it went dead, <laughs> as best as we can tell you might actually have to go on there look for it once in a while hit a like button hit a share button to get it back into your newsfeed because uh facebook and twitter are really um infamous for kind of keeping christian stuff out of the news feeds if you're not interacting with it so if you want it out there if you'd like to see more of it uh you got to do a little legwork you got to go click on some stuff so just 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 saying just saying but uh you can get and of course if you have a questions concerns comments shows suggestions some of you like break out into a sweat because you think we might talk about critical race theory again hey here's a thought <laughs> voice of reason radio at gmail.com send us a note <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you'd love to hear actually rich we do have one show suggestion that came in uh one of our our dear friends uh debbie lynn uh, uh casper she she sent us a suggestion through facebook and i will talk to you about that i forgot to talk to you pre-show but she actually sent something to us so debbie thank you 
we we will get to that. Just hasn't been on the on the list yet to get to, but we did get a show suggestion through that. So if you guys want to hear about stuff that is important to you, you gotta send us the info. You gotta interact with us on those uh, in those areas, and uh, um, that's just want to put that out there. Especially if you're new to the show, uh, we've picked up some new names every once in a while. Some people rich come in through Podbean. And I see new followers, so want to let you know what we are. We're, we're, we're a Christian program. We want to share the Word of God with people, and uh, we want to bless people. And 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 just because it seems to have started a uh, who can outdo each other and shoutouts. Uh, hey guys, over at Matter and the- of Matter of Theology, since you threw us the shout out at the beginning of your show because we threw our yours at the end of the show, I'm putting this one out there. Uh, Christian podcast community, we are a part of that. In fact, we are an award winning program through Christian po- uh, podcast community because they rendered one of our uh, episodes for 2019 as their favorite episode of the year, and uh, we actually were graciously given that. Be- that was before we even. Became part of Christian podcast community, and if you want good podcast content, you need to go to Christian podcast community, and I will put that in the show notes, the link for that. But one of those good programs is Matter of Theology. We talked about it last week. Going to suggest you listen to it again. They've got great stuff. They did a two for this week. I'm actually listening to the second one now, but uh, really, really good stuff. You know, and and their their episode on. The fact that everything is about theology. The reason that theology matters is everything is theological. That was their episode. You need to go listen to that. So, anywho, so I'm going to keep, as long as you guys keep doing this, Chris, I'm just going to keep doing it too. So, we can just, you know, butter each other up. How about that? (laughs) Anyway, so we should probably, we're 10 minutes in, and it wasn't a lot of banter because we had to put a lot of stuff out, but we want to get into a show. So... (laughs) But we're just grateful uh, that you guys tune in, and we're going to have a non-critical race theory uh, show for you. Uh, I think it was uh, one of our friends over on Parlay was actually begging me to say that that was not the case. Who was it? Eileen uh, Niehaus. You, you, you were essentially begging me, saying, please tell me that was not uh, that was not going to be a CRT episode. Yes, you're right. It's not. So uh, that will make her happy as well. <laughs> All right, brother. So, uh, anything you want to throw me under the bus for this week, or can we go right into the show? <laughs> right into the well, show? <laughs> I, I posted a question this week on Facebook and Twitter, and I received several responses. The question was, how would you define a mature Christian? And I had some really good feedback, some great ideas, some great thinking. But there's one in particular that really jumped out. I'm not going to reveal the gentleman's name, but the reply was, wouldn't. Not my place to define a Christian. Only that person can do that. So (laughs) would you think that that person, based on that response, is that person a mature Christian? Honestly, I wouldn't even know how to interpret that response short of... This is, I, I, and, and if this individual didn't mean this, I'm going to apologize up front. But the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear someone say, well, it's up to somebody else to define what they are. I almost get the feeling this is the person that says, well, I won't judge people. <laughs> so this is a probably Matthew chapter seven is the 11th commandment of the Bible. 
I, thou shalt not judge. It just get that feeling from that person. If that is what they intend, and I want to say if, because obviously we don't, I don't know this person. If that's the way they're approaching this, I see a lack of maturity there. Because if you're afraid to say what a mature Christian is, and you have 66 books of scripture that talk about what it means to follow God, I have to wonder where they are. Are they, are they a Christian? Are they young in the faith? Are they not receiving good teaching? I don't know. I, there's like, there is no way to, based on that statement, to give a, that, uh, give a nod to the fact that this may be a mature person. Maybe they are, and maybe they, because of the limitations of social media, the answer sounds worse than it is. I don't know. But that, that was a, that would not be what I would consider a mature answer. Well, um, you think that based on your commentary, how do you think that would fit into what James had to say? Well, and if, if you're not catching it, folks, Rich just made a really good transition. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one was not painful. Uh, no, actually, James, I think, has a lot to say. He, he in, in James chapter 4, now, okay, let me just start back up with this. The book of James is a massive rebuke to anyone who has an empty faith. I mean, it tears down the very notion that you can profess faith and have nothing to show for it. So, and there are people that like to, you know, that try to add works to salvation and say, well, see, James said, you know, faith without works is dead. Right. A faith that doesn't produce works as evidence of salvation is a false faith. That's, he didn't say you need to have works to get saved. He is saying that without something that verifies it, like if I claimed I was president of the United States and I had nothing to show for the fact that I, my claim is the, uh, to verify my claim, I, am, you, I cannot prove to you in any way, shape, or form that I'm the president. In fact, I'm probably an imposter. James is saying the same thing. If you're a Christian and you profess faith in Christ, there should be something that shows for it. And that's why he says, if you, you, you try, you show, go ahead and show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. And that's, that's the whole book is, you know, it's this letter that just eviscerates this concept that you can be a, a professor of Christ and yet there's nothing to show for it. So the, in chapter four, I was looking at this today and, and it just really struck me that James in this chapter reveals what a lack of Christian maturity looks like. In fact, it's it's the point of it is actually to show the uh, you know the contrast between someone who's professing faith without Christ and the worldly behavior that follows and what one need to do to have a genuine faith in Christ humbling themselves before the Lord. And you, and I'll, I'll say this up front, I'll tip my hand here. You're not going to be mature in, in, in the faith if you are lacking humility. Okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of give you the punchline up front. So, Rich, let me, let me read this from James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. James writes, What causes quarrels and causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have. So you murder. You covet and cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel. 
You do not have because you do not ask. You do not ask, or excuse me, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that it is to no purpose that scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell within us, but he gives more grace. That's the beautiful line in this whole passage, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Uh, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. And Rich, that the first half of that passage, it really just, I mean, remember he is talking about people who profess faith. You know, the type of people who say to the poor man, hey, go hide in the corner over there where nobody can see you or sit at my feet so nobody's really noticing you, but tells the rich man, come in and be, and, and be seen and, and maybe we'll, we'll give you the best seat in the house, so to speak. That type of person he's speaking to. And he says to them, what causes quarrels and causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? He is you know, rebuking the type of infighting that is going on. I mean, uh, MacArthur's uh, study Bible, you know, in the, this entire passage had some great things to talk about. And if you don't pay attention to what's being said, you can you can miss the audience. You can miss what's being said because we see things like you ask and uh, you, you don't ask, uh, receive because you don't ask. Well, somebody might take that kind of that name it and claim it or blab it and grab it nonsense and say, well, see, you got to ask and God has to give to you. That's not what's being said. He's actually pointing out the behavior of a person whose passions are on the things of the world and it's causing problems within the church. It's like, why, why are you having this fighting going on in the church? Because you've got people who profess Christ, who desire the things of the world. And they can't have it, or they're being told no, or uh, you know they're you know being covetous of, of others, uh, a power or position or ability, and it's causing these problems. And he kind of he he takes it to the point of saying, "You are you you are so covetousness, so desirous of these things, and you can't have them that it will even lead to murder." I mean, that think about it. You know, when you see. What's going on in our world today? I mean, people have been killed in riots because they're being told, that, you know, they're, they're being opposed as they try to tear apart cities to get what they want. And so when someone opposes them, some people get murdered. They get hurt. They get killed. My goodness, Rick Moranis, the, the, the actor from the 80s and 90s, got punched just coming out of a, a, a building the other day for no reason. The man just took one look at him and punched him dead in the head. Why? Because of this, the, 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 the heart of evil that resides in the unregenerate person that is angry because they can't have what they desire. And then he goes further on to say that you covet, you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You don't have it 
or you don't have because you don't ask. So you're so prideful that you won't humble yourself to come before the Lord to ask for your daily bread. You just think you deserve it or it should be given to you, but you're sure on earth is not, you're not going to come before God and ask of him because how dare you expect me to ask. Or if you do ask, you ask me in a covetous, sinful way for your own purposes. You're not even, even when you do ask, you're wanting it for your own sinful desires. And that's when he, he really just la- you know, kind of lays it out. He says, you're an adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? And to be friends with the world is to make yourself an enemy of God. So, you know, James is really laying it out on the table here, Rich, that the person who is, I mean, we're, we're going to be talking about maturity, but maturity is contrasted with the behavior of the world. We're talking about mature Christian walk versus what it means to be of the world. And James lays that out, that you've got people whose desires and their passions are leading them every which direction. And that is those desires and those passions that are controlling them. It's making their decisions for them. It is leading them into behaviors that is, you know, even puts them in physical conflict with one another. And it's because it's this idea that you have to be friends with the world, that somehow you desire something that the world has to offer. And so that's where I would I would just start with that, just pointing out before we can even talk about being mature in Christ, we have to start with what does it even mean to be in Christ and what does it look like when you're not in Christ? Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, brother. And James makes a very strong point when he says, you adulterous people, because, like you said, to start with, you have to be a Christian and you have to be saved. When you're saved, you belong to Christ. You don't belong to the world any longer. And Christ yearns for you. I'll see if I can explain that, but deep in the Spirit, you know, there's there's another passage that says he, he yearns, or mourns deeply over the spirit. I, I apologize that I completely have wrecked that passage because it just popped into my head. But um, you know, we're constantly at war with the flesh and the spirit. And to be a mature Christian, or even to begin to be a mature Christian, we first have to be saved. And Christ is jealous of us when we lean towards the world. And just like a man and a wife being in a marriage. It's the same thing with Christ. We are to be faithful to him and his word, not to the world. And that's kind of the contrast that that's making. You know, when when you commit adultery, you cheat on your spouse. And in this context, you're committing adultery by embracing what the world teaches and rejecting what Christ teaches. And as a true born-again Christian, that's not part of who we are any longer. We are to reject reject the world, reject what the world wants and teaches. We're to basically reject ourself and reject our own wants and desires, and all of our focus should be on Christ and his word and his will instead of our own. And, you know, even as someone newly saved, 
that does not come overnight. And it begins, like you said at the beginning of the show, the starting point is humility because pride gets in the way of being humble, whether to Christ or to our spouse. Humility does not come naturally to the person of the world because in the world today we're told to be proud, to not beg, to you know, not do this, not do that. But even within the confines of Christianity, to tell someone to beg Christ is almost to tell them to go out and commit murder. Professing Christians do, in my experience, absolutely despise the thought of begging for anything. And that's pride. And until that pride is stripped away, they cannot begin to walk in humility, which is the building block of leading a mature Christian life, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And if we don't at least start at that point before we even begin to talk about what maturity looks like, I think we can be, we can do a bit of a disservice because we have the whole point of being mature in Christ is the idea that we are actually in Christ. So if you're not in Christ, then we've got a bigger problem than whether you're mature or not. But moving on into that, then, you know, uh, James writes that, you know, once he said, you are an enemy of God if you're a friend with the world. He says, you know, God yearns jealously over the spirit that he's made to dwell in us. But I'm sorry, that's the one I was trying to think of. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. It's okay, brother. I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. But But the next line, but he gives more grace. This is the thing that I think people miss. When we start talking about growing in God, when we start talking about seeking to obey his word, growing in holiness, all these things, so many people who are, are afraid of these kinds of doctrines, they, they say, oh, you're, 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 you're being legalistic. You're going to drive people away. You know, uh, God saves you and you're forgiven. So this this idea of having to, uh, to submit to his commandments, no, 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 no. You don't talk about that because they're afraid that anybody that hears that is going to go, oh, I don't want that. I want my God and be able to do whatever I want too. you know. But if you're in Christ or if he is someone that he, you know, if you are someone that he saves, guess what? He gives grace. So the person who James is writing to, who's at war with God, despite their profession of faith, God gives grace to and redeems. And so when the scriptures say to submit to God, guess how you're able to do that? By his grace. It's not something you can manifest up in yourself. That, that's why this whole notion of you have to maintain your salvation is foolishness. You can't, you couldn't earn salvation to begin with. You can't keep it. It's grace. It's God's grace. And he gives grace to those whom he has drawn to himself, whom he has redeemed and made his own. And so when James then says, God opposes the proud. So those who are rejecting him, he opposes but 
he gives grace to the humble. And then says to submit yourself to him, to resist the devil, etc. You only do that by his grace, Rich. We can't manifest these things apart from him. So when we call upon the Christian to grow and to be mature, it's because God has equipped us by his grace to do so, right? Oh, absolutely. And sadly, um, for those that know, I live in the South, right in the dead middle of what used to be called the Bible Belt. And those that I come in contact with and evangelize to more times than not are, are professing Christians. And one of the saddest things that I come across is when I point out the Bible tells us to examine ourselves to make sure that we're actually in the faith, they get resentful. How dare you judge me? How dare you question whether I'm a Christian or not? And I think partly is because, first, a lot of the people are not truly saved. They do, like you say, they, they profess Christ, but they want a Christ of their own creation that condones what they like and only condemns what they dislike. And I think it might have been Todd Frill years ago, and I may be um, phrasing this a little bit different, but they're wanting the spirit of the Holy Whopper instead of the, ho- the spirit of the Holy Spirit. They're, they're wanting it their way when they want it, as they want it, delivered on time. They do not want the commitment it takes to be a Christian, and they do not want to walk in the Holy Spirit because they do want to stay embraced in the world. They want to have one foot on one side of the fence and a foot on the other side of the fence. They want to be in Christ, but they still want a foothold in the world. And that is not what the Bible teaches us, brother. No, absolutely not. And that's why when James continues and says, submit yourself, he's a, uh, you know, yeah, I'm sorry, I started to get ahead. I thought I had gotten ahead of myself. I apologize, folks. He says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You can't be the person in the first few verses who wars and fights and murders and desires sinfully and be a Christian because you are called to submit yourself to God. And he will give you the grace to do that. But if you look at that and go, no, 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 that's, I, I, as you said, Rich, the, 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 the spirit of the Holy Whopper, do it my way. <laughs> try, try not to bust out laughing when you said that. Um, you can't, you're not, if you see it that way, you're not even, you don't even have the grace of God working in your life. If you can literally look at the God who bought you by the blood of his son, redeemed you, cleansed you, and made you his, if you can look at his commandments and say, how dare you, you're not receiving the grace of God. I'm sorry. That's going to offend somebody. I apologize if I've offended you, but it's the truth. You do not have the grace of God in your life, and you do not have legitimate faith if you can look at the Word of God and go, how dare you? (laughs) I'm sorry. But that being the case, I mean, what are we called to? To submit ourselves, therefore, to God. To resist the devil. To resist the things of this world. To resist the temptations. To resist the things he puts before us to draw us away from God. And when we are in Christ... The devil will do whatever he can do to try and tempt us, but he is God's devil and he can only do so much. 
He cannot, he cannot do anything that God has not allowed him to do. And guess what? He will flee from you. It may be every day of your life he keeps coming back, but he will flee from you because he cannot do anything more to you because you are not in bondage to this uh, to sin. You are not in bondage to this world. You are free in Christ. We talked about that when you are in your um you're in Christ. Your mind is free, your heart and your soul are free. He cannot draw you back into sin. So why why are we told to submit to God? We are told to draw near to him because he will draw near to us. As you draw closer and closer to God, you are getting closer in that intimate relationship with your Father. Your Heavenly Father is coming into your life and strengthening you and pouring more grace into your life. And guess what the result of that is? You're going to, as James says, you're going to cleanse your hands. You're going to wipe, you're going to purify your heart. Why? Because you want that deep relationship with your Savior. You want to be in that deep, intimate, loving relationship with the God who bought you. And you will look at your sin and you will weep and you will mourn. Instead of having that laughter where you look at God and go, God, are you kidding me? You mourn. Your worldly joy is turned to gloom because you recognize the type of person you once were and how the sin still wants to cling to you. And you weep over that because of the what it costs to buy you, to bring you into that relationship with God. And then he says, Humble yourself before the Lord, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Rich, this is the thing I think that is so hard for so people to get, especially in America. Okay, this is one of those American church things we forget because, well, we're we put the Constitution, the Second Amendment, and the Bible all on par with one another, and we're these rugged individuals. And it, it, it you know, America is the land of plenty and the land of promise, and so therefore anybody can come to America and make a life for themselves. And hoorah, give me uh, John Wayne and give me my horse and my rifle, and we are these rugged individualists that promote ourselves. And that is the exact opposite of what James calls us to. He says, humble yourself. In other words, stop looking to yourself. Stop looking to your self-fulfillment. Stop looking to your sinful desires. Look at God in all his glory and humble yourself. Lower yourself in humiliation before this amazing God. And guess what? He will exalt you in his way, not our way, not the American way, but in God's way. And one day you will stand in glory before him. And that's when I think, Rich, our ability to start the Christian walk where we're growing in humility, in grace, and in maturity begins. We can't even begin to talk about having a mature Christian faith until we are in the Christian faith until we are wholly satisfied in him and in serving him. That's where I believe we start the walk into maturity, right? Well, absolutely. And the other important important thing to remember is that we can't force ourselves to walk in humility. That is also a gift from Christ. And that comes over time with his refining fire through testing of our faith through trials, through tribulations, and that's the truth of Christianity that people turn away from. The life of a Christian is not all, 
you know, rainbows and flowers and, and everything going great and perfect all the time. That's what the false church teaches. What the Bible teaches is you are going to be tested. You are going to face trials. You will be refined. God will discipline you when you wander off that path. And I think, like you said, because of the American Christianity and everything great and, you know, our way and all of that, we tend to forget that Christ doesn't call us to a life of pleasure and plenty. And one, I think one of the more misused verses is God will give you life and give it to you abundantly. He's talking about spiritual life, not the life here on earth, not walking in the world. It's a spiritual regeneration of your heart. It's actually the implantation of the Holy Spirit into you and your life, because without that, there's no way a person of the world could truly walk in humility. And a mature Christian, once a person obtains a certain level of sanctification, you know, we grow in sanctification, which basically means we're following the path of maturity. We start out as babes in Christ. We develop to a young person, you know, and at one point, some point, you know, we become a mature person. And a mature Christian does it like, you know, breathing. It, it's not forced. It's natural. It's an outflow without our thinking. We, you know, it's part of us just like breathing is part of us. And without humility, there can be no self-sacrifice. There can be no love. There can be no forgiveness. There can be no mourning over our sin. There can be no true submitting to Christ in prayer. And without humility, truly, there's no real evangelism because unless you are walking in humility and you have a passion for that lost person, granted, the Lord may use what you share or, or tell that person just like he used a talking donkey, but it doesn't mean that the gospel you're sharing is the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And if your motives are something other than wanting to see this person saved because you deeply love and care about that person's soul, if your motives are something other than that, you're not walking in the Spirit. You're not walking in humility. And, you know, this passage of James has many different applications, and I really love the fact that you're using it as an example of what is not maturity in Christ, because I think sometimes we tend to forget, you know, Honestly, how many times do any of us ever stop and look and think, where am I at in my walk with Christ? Am mm -hmm. I still a babe in Christ? Am I still young in Christ? Am I maturing in Christ? You know, where am I at on this path of sanctification? I fear more times than not someone declares themselves saved, and that's the end of it. And one sad consequence of that is they have no desire for church. They have no desire to read the Bible. They have no desire to study the things of God. And, you know, it's like a one and done. Okay, I'm saved. I'm good. And I can go back to doing what I want to. But that's not the way it works. No, absolutely. And the, the funny thing is, okay, you bring up, you can't even evangelize, you know, without this humility. I mean, think about this. What is evangelism? It's... I like how it was. It's been said more than once, and I wish I could remember who the actual person who said it was, so I could give proper attribution. But 
evangelism is nothing more than one blind beggar telling another blind beggar where to find a crust of bread. The thing is, is that you are taking a message that is absolute foolishness to the world. And you're saying, this message that I'm giving to you is what will, will save you from your sins and will bring you in right standing with God. And it is the message that God sent his son to die for you on the cross and that if you will repent and put your faith in him, you will be saved. The world looks at that message and says that's the most foolish and ignorant message in the world. And the only way you can genuinely preach that message is by being humbled before God. Now, that doesn't mean that a false Christian, someone who is not in Christ, can repeat the words. They certainly can. A person who's not in Christ can say the words, Jesus is Lord, and they're not going to burst into flames. But the only Christian who is genuinely in Christ can understand, comprehend, and plead in a manner that only a Christian can because he understands he's a blind beggar who found a crust of bread because of somebody else's efforts. And so you have to humble yourself to be able to preach that kind of message. It is a foolish message to the world. The world says, pick yourself up by your own bootstraps and move forward. The world says you're 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 good, you're a good person. Nobody can tell you otherwise. The world says other people have made your life miserable. You are the person who's fine. Those people need to change. The world says, oh, God loves you just the way you are. Only a foolish message to the world can be preached that actually saves, and it's foolish to the world, like I said, but you have to you have to have humility to do that because you sound like a fool <laughs> to the world, and you have to care enough about God and care enough about somebody else to preach that message. So if we don't start there, Rich, with the idea that we have to be humbled before the Lord, then you can't grow and be mature in Christ because maturity means being a, in Christ means being able to do more and more for the glory of God. Genuine maturity. You can't do the Christian life for your own glory. That's antithetical to the Christian life. You can't live a life that says, pay attention to me. You know, you want to say, look to God. Don't look at me. I'm a train wreck. Now, God has taken this, this mess that I once was, and he's turned me into this, this useful vessel, but that's all I am, is his tool. So you don't look at me as though I am some sort of glowing example, but rather you look at me as a signpost to point you to Christ. And that's where that's genuine maturity, because as you're growing, you're not drawing attention to your ideas. You're not drawing attention to your capabilities or your accomplishments. If those, there's any recognition of that at all, it is for you know putting your eyes on Christ. Right, Rich? Well, absolutely, brother. And um, I know we didn't discuss this earlier, but actually, Galatians 5, verses 22 through, through 23, I think is a, a very, very biblical definition of what 
humility actually is. It reads, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, granted, that particular verse is in reference to um, the Mosaic Law and what he was speaking of, but I think it also has application as to the definition of what walking in humility truly is, because without those attributes, you cannot truly be walking in humility and be submissive to God, because humility or non-humility, there is no love, there is no joy, there is no peace, there's no patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of that is contradictory to the people that James was pointing out at the beginning of that verse, because that is what you were describing was the way of is the way of the world, the way of the non unsaved, but the fruit of the spirit is the way of the truly saved. And not only that, it's a matter of once we begin down that path of sanctification and maturity, each one of those attributes we will start growing in more and more and more. And not only will we grow in the fruit of the Spirit, all of those attributes, not only will we grow in them, we will have a desire to grow in them. We will have a desire to do things that are pleasing to Christ, to do things that honor Christ, to do things that glorify Christ. We die to self. Everything is focused on Jesus Christ and Him alone. And it's not a matter to, as so many say today, it's not a matter to know Christ. The true question is, are you known by Christ? And if so, how are you known by Christ? Because if Christ looks at you and you're not one of His, guess what? You're a retro, retrobate and you're headed for hell on the day of judgment. And sadly, so many people are told, well, you're a Christian because you decided this or you made a decision or you accepted the Lord, you know, different things, but they're never encouraged to examine themselves to see if they're in the faith, to examine themselves and see if they're growing in the fruit of the Spirit. And without all of this, there is no true humility in Christ. Exactly. That's exactly it. And I think this is one of those things that it's we I think as Christians we're afraid to talk about this not okay not in our circles if you're listening to this show you're you're not afraid of this so I'm talking about evangelicalism in the Christian church at large within um, within America I think we fear a little bit talking about this because there's this idea that well we we, we want to fill the seats we want people to show up. So if we talk about things like what you talked about, Rich, all the, the these gifts of the Spirit and, and this growth and, and, and evangelism, all the things that we, we, you've been saying, I think the evangelicalism at large is terrified to mention that because they see it as something that you have to manifest, something that you have to do yourself, and that's going to scare people away. But like you said, it becomes as natural as breathing the more we walk in Christ. I mean, if you think about today, think about the fact what you looked like the day you were saved, the first time you heard the gospel, you got it, you repented, you put your faith in Christ, and then you saw this mess of who you were. 
all the immoral lifestyle, the language you use, the passions that you had, the friends that you associated with, the movies that you watched, whatever. You saw the whole mess for what it was. Now, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, 15, 20 years down the road, or maybe it's been six months, maybe it's been a year, what does it look like today versus when you started your walk? God gives more grace. He equips you with each day that goes by. But what is dependent, one of the things that is essential for that growth is that you're repenting of your sin, you're spending time in the Word, you're studying it day in and day out, you're praying. You're committing yourself to the service of the Lord. You're fellowshipping with the saints. These are all things that are essential. They don't save you. And it's not like God won't discipline you out of your, uh, if you are in him. It's not like he won't discipline you if there's sin to draw you back. But these are essential tools that he equips us with to grow. That's why you have, Rich, the, 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 the offices and the gifts of the Spirit. Why? So We were just talking about it in Ephesians uh, the other day. Or was it last week? Last week. Where we talked about God says, I give these gifts that you might use them with one another so that you might build up the church. You will look different today than you did yesterday. You will look different six months from now than you did six months ago. You will look 10 years, 15 years, 20 years down the road. You each day will look different. Neither anything that Rich or myself have said are, an, are this idea that you have to be perfect in all things and at doing all the things of God and obeying all the commandments perfectly every single day of your life from the moment you professed faith. That's not what we're getting at. But as you walk in Christ, you are growing and you become strengthened and more equipped. And you do so by the means of grace that he gives us, going to church, taking communion, fellowship with the saints, prayer, the study of the word. All of these things are what he pours into you to make you do that. And Rich, I think in the church today, we just don't see people wanting to talk about that because they don't want to talk about obedience to God. And I think it's because it, it starts way back at the beginning where you don't talk about, you have to be humbling yourselves before the Lord because that isn't a very inviting message, is it? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. not. Not a message if you're wanting to pack the pews and get donations and have huge numbers of people following you. And, you know, you're, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses down the street and have a new jet or drive a <laughs> Ferrari. Um, some of, you know, some of the people were referencing in that, but the, the, the true message of the Bible is going to turn away those of the world. And it's only, through the gift of salvation, that a cold, hard heart will be melted and, and turned to a heart of flesh, and your desires and your wants and wishes will be changed and shifted from that of the world to that of Christ. Um, as a young Christian recently saved, you know, you're definitely not going to be as farther along the path as, say, um, someone 
that's been studying deeply the things of God for 10 or 15 years. But even in your short life, so to speak, as a newborn babe in Christ, you will start to gradually see changes in the way that you view the world and, and the way that you view things around you. And, you know, it, it, it's all from a gift from Jesus. And as Peter says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. And we're told, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, we can only do that by reading the Bible, studying, and prayer. And being being in fellowship, we can't do it on our own. You know, um, if you plant a seed and it's never watered and it never has sunlight, it will never sprout. And even if it sprouts, if it's not continually nurtured and watered and given the right amount of sunlight, it will never grow. And the same applies to our spiritual walk with Christ. If it's not nourished, it will starve. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we wanted to go a little bit further into this, but shock of shocks, we've, <laughs> we're already coming up on an hour. And we ne- we always seem to do this, Rich. We always seem to get a little too close to the to the line, and it, we either have to go really long or we have to sprint to break it up. So we're, <laughs> we're going to do y'all a favor and break this up. But I just want to echo what my brother has been saying. Um it is, it is by the grace of God that we do these things. It is by the grace of God that we grow. We cannot, we can't be strengthened, we can't be mature, we can't be humbled apart from the grace of God. And that's something that I think we just, as you said, Rich, if you have an agenda to grow something and make it bigger, that's not a popular message. The popular message is about how to make my life in this world better, which is exactly what James actually speaks against. It's, it is not a popular message to preach. You are to humble yourself. You are to be less concerned with how your life looks here. And it doesn't mean that you can't be concerned about how do I pay the bills? How do I take care of my family? Can I can I seek a job that I'm more interested in or is a better pain? It, it's nothing wrong with those things in themselves. But that, that you are to be less concerned for that than you are for the things of God. And you can only do that by His grace, by His power, and, and as you grow. So just to tip the hand a little bit, Rich... Give our our listeners some homework. What passage do you want them to go read and think about for next week? Well, we and I'll share this. We we we're considering doing a small series on the characteristics of a mature Christian. If that's something that you are interested in us pursuing, please let us know, and we may cover this particular subject for several shows. Um, if you prefer we just finish this one up and move on to something else, that's fine. Just let us know. But in the meantime, between now and next week, I encourage each of you to be reading and studying the book of Philippians. Um, it, it, it will link to tonight's topic. Um, and like I said, the, the course topic basically is the characteristics of a mature Christian. Um, and I would also encourage you to take time after this show and take some time this week and examine your own walk with the Lord. Examine yourself 
and and look and see if you are growing in the fruit of the Spirit. Are you growing in the Word of God? Um, take a moment to look back from when you first became a Christian to now. Has your knowledge and understanding of the things of Christ deepened? Are you growing? Or have you become stagnant and apathetic to the Bible and learning and studying and wanting to know the deeper things of Christ? If you find that you have come upon that point, pray and ask the Lord to grant you a desire to be in his word. Ask him to grant you wisdom, knowledge, understanding, discernment. Ask him to grant you a heart that will truly open up and understand the things that he teaches. Amen. Amen. So that's your that's your homework for next week. Uh, two parts. Let us know how if you want us to continue on in the, as, as, with this as a series of episodes. If not, hey, give us some ideas on other topics you'd like to hear, please. Uh, and that, and then read and consider the passage and, and the things that Rich just said. Um, that's your that's your assignment for this week. You have some work to do here. Okay, this is not a show where we do all the work for you. You got to do some stuff here. Okay, get to work. Uh, <laughs> but with that said, we just want to thank you uh, for continuing to be a part of this podcast, and and uh, we always appreciate the kind words and things that you guys say. And and again, we're just. It's not that we're trying to to beg for listens or shares or stuff like that. I don't want it to sound like that. But if there's something in this that's helpful to you, consider sharing it with someone else. Now, I will always I've said this many times in the past. I know Rich and I uh, agrees with me on it. This is in no way a substitute for your local church. Did I say that well enough for you to get this through your head? Uh, <laughs> podcasts are great and helpful tools, and that's it. They are in no way, shape, or form meant to substitute your submission to the local church. God has put local churches in your area. And you know what? I know sometimes wherever you are, they're hard to find. And in my case, where we go to church is 45 minutes from my house. It's in an entirely different city. (laughs) But we go there because we want to go to a church to which we can be in submission to godly men over, uh, over our family, learning the word of God, and, and loving one another and growing in grace and growing in, in knowledge and understanding, go to your local church. And, uh, oh, Rich, what I, I think, was there something else you wanted to say? I think I may have just jumped ahead of you here. Well, that's fine. Um, I just kind of wanted to add to what you just said about being a member of your local church and, you know, the fact that you drive 45 minutes. Um, don't be misunderstood. I know that there are brothers and sisters out there that are in a situation like I'm in, that you physically are not able to attend regularly, Mm -hmm. or you may not be physically able to attend at all. And sadly, that is an issue that affects far more people than what others realize. But, you know, there are great resources that you can be doing and learning, you know, from ministries like Grace to You and um, R.C. Sproul and, and, and so many others, you know. But the point is that you desire to be in the Word. And for those of you that have a habit of not attending church or you make every excuse you can to not attend, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a guilt trip on you. <laughs> Just keep in mind 
that there are brothers and sisters out there that I know personally that weep because they're not able to go to church on a particular Sunday, or they weep because they're not able to attend regularly and enjoy that blessed fellowship that is the church. So just take that and keep it in mind as Sunday approaches. You know, are you making excuses not to go just because you don't feel like the little drive or you don't feel like having to, you know, you've had a long, hard week and you're just making excuses. Just remember that blessing that you have is something that someone else would greatly desire and greatly would love to be able to utilize. So don't take it for granted. Don't take being able to fellowship for granted. Don't take the word of God for granted. And just kind of summary of tonight's episode, you know, we talked about humility and we talked about what are examples of only not being a mature Christian, but an example of false converts and false Christians altogether. But, you know, like I said, next week we're going into Philippians and it will carry over from tonight's episode. Mm -hmm. But just keep in mind, um, when you neglect the Word of God, you're hurting not only yourself, you're hurting your family. Because unless you are growing in the Word of God, you're becoming stagnant and it will affect those around you. And granted, we cannot earn our way to heaven, but we are commanded and expected to enjoy the blessings that God gives us. And one of those blessings is to be in his word and to be in prayer and to be in fellowship. Amen. And just one more thing to add on what you said, brother. Since there are some of you who like to say, but what about? Using somebody else's uh, terrible circumstances, like the person who can't go to church because they're ill or have no transportation or whatnot, that what about is not applicable to you to get yourself to get out of church because it affects someone else. So I'm going to throw one a what about at, back at you. Well, if what about the people that can't make it because of their illnesses and you're not addressing that, what about you and get together with your church and find a way to bring fellowship to them? Ah, I didn't see that one coming, did you? So, again, these podcasts can be a blessing, and I listen to a lot of them. They really are. Um, but they can never substitute your local, for your submission to the local church. Please be in, in doing that. But if the podcast is helpful to you, then again, we just ask you to share it because maybe it helps someone else on an issue that they had been thinking about and they just, how do I answer this particular question? And maybe this will push them in a direction to search it out in the Word of God and come to an answer that is biblical and how they move forward. So if, if you would be willing to do that, we'd really, really appreciate it. Uh, just a couple of quick shout outs. Um, I didn't tell you about this one, Rich. Uh, our friend Lauren, her, uh, Lauren, I'm always going to mess up your name and you're probably going to mess mine up too. Uh, <laughs> Lauren Herford over at uh, Tulips and Honey. She gave us a great shout out this last week on her podcast, uh, Tulips and Honey. She uh, listed a whole bunch of programs that she likes to listen to. Rich, we fell into the top 10 and there was some bit good ones in there. So now this is the part I don't get because some y'all do this. I know there are some of you that put us like on a list of people that you say you should listen to. I don't know how we get into that list, number one, because 
some of them programs are really really good uh, but then <laughs> then then it's like look we look we know what our numbers look like so, so i don't know maybe maybe push a little harder no i'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding now but she was very gracious she was very gracious to put us in there and she and 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 then she said something during the course of the program that i thought was absolutely hysterical is she does these mega list things on Fridays and that's I'm home and I get to be playing around on the internet cause I'm off on Fridays. And so when, when some y'all do your live broadcast where I can come in and heckle you, I do. And so I go in and heckle Lauren all the time. Uh, <laughs> she made a comment, Richard. I just, I, I, I died laughing. She says, you know, she'll see my, myself and some of the others that come in there, like uh, Doctrine Matters and Cave to the Chaos podcast, and some of their hosts come in there. And she says she gets nervous. Do you know why she gets nervous? It's not because we're heckling her. You know why? She thinks we're the prof- she thinks we're the professionals. <laughs> Lauren, are you really listening to the show? <laughs> But she was very kind, maybe a little naive, but very, very kind to say that of us. <laughs> and uh, apparently she, she did say that uh, in, in response to something I said on Twitter, apparently she has uh, realized that of the list of podcasts she made, we're one of the few people that she hasn't actually a- interviewed on her program. So it sounds like we may be getting an invite to that. Um, Lauren, it's your funeral, but okay, sure, we accept. Um, <laughs> but thank you for that. I just wanted to throw that out there. That was very kind of you, Lauren. And, you know, I I know she's had some great people on her show. I, I know, uh, for example, Coasty Hinn was on there not long ago talking about the, uh, you know, the uh, Blab It and Grab It movement. I, that's the name I keep wanting to give it. But, um, you know, he's talking about, you know, the, the prosperity gospel and that movement. And I, so she, she brings good people on and she interviews some really great folks. So... The Tulips and Honey Hub, uh, kind of like Christian Podcast Community, has several th- uh, programs on there. You'll probably find something you'll like. Um, but that was thank you again, Lauren, for giving us that shout out. It was very kind of you. And uh, just a, another thing, I, I mentioned Chris Huff and and the guys over at uh, Matter of Theology. The, a, a couple of them are part of the upcoming Cruciform Conference in uh, in it, it's Carmel, Indiana, but basically Indianapolis. And that's coming up at the end of this month, October twenty third and twenty fourth. I actually get to be there. No, I'm. They're not. They're not crazy enough to let me speak. Good on them. Uh, but I actually get to attend. <laughs> so uh, my wife and I, whose uh, our anniversary falls just shortly after that, so our anniversary gift is to get to go to this conference. <laughs> Big romantic weekend. Uh- <laughs> But we're going to go to this conference. We're really looking forward to it. It's got Justin Peters, uh, uh, Jeffrey Rice. uh, If if you guys have ever seen those really beautiful Bible bindings done by uh, Post Tenebris Lux, that's Jeffrey Rice. He's going to be there. Uh, Michelle Leslie, uh, uh, our our good friend uh, Gabe Hughes over at Well What, he's going to be speaking there. Uh, somehow Andrew got invited. I don't know how that happened, but Andrew's going to be there. Uh, but there's there's a just a massive list and a couple of days of uh, just some really great preaching. And they've got a pre-conference going on. I think um, if I remember, if I understood Chris Huff right, they're going to be talking about abortion in the pre-conference today uh, on the 21st, which is Wednesday. So if you're in a position to be able to go, uh, Cruciform 
ministries.org slash cruise. Okay, it's going to be stubborn now. I got to read it all. Uh, cruciform dash 2020 dash holiness. And that, that is the topic, holiness. So uh, I'll put that in the show notes, but we get to go to that. My wife and I, my wife's getting to come with me to a conference. I'm loving that. I've, the few conferences I've gone to, I've never been able to bring her with me. So this is this is a wonderful opportunity. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, Chris Huff and, and, and some of the other guys, they're going to be there. Uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward, maybe if I'm, if I'm lucky and, you know, they they don't bar the door and realize I'm showing up. Maybe I'll be able to, to get in and maybe even bring my digital recorder and talk to a couple people. And maybe I'll bring you back some, uh, some interviews. So, uh, but yeah, if you're in a position to be able to go to that, Hey, by all means, go check it out. I'll put it in the show notes. But if you just go to their Twitter page, uh, it's, you know, see now I, I, I talk about this and then I don't prep myself. So I end up looking silly, but their, uh, their Twitter conference, Twitter handle is, or excuse me, the conference Twitter handle is at cruciform con cruciform C O N. So, uh, looking forward to that and, uh, looking forward to be a part of that. And, uh, with that rich, any last thoughts before we let everybody go tonight? Well, um, kind of speaking to Andrew or anyone that's listening that (laughs) hosts these conferences at some point in the near future, how about having one somewhere farther South, maybe (laughs) like in Tennessee or Jackson, Mississippi or Little Rock, Arkansas, somewhere a little closer to me and drag Chris and his wife back out just so (laughs) I'm greedy. Just so I can come (laughs) and actually meet my brother, Chris. Yeah. Okay. This is something you new listeners don't realize. Rich and I have never met. We've known each other for what? Seven years. I think it's longer than that at this point. Yeah. It's at least seven years and we have never met, never face to face. He lives in Mississippi. I live in Nevada. Rich doesn't get around much because of, as we've talked about with his, his physical limitations and let's face it, I ain't exactly rich in the field that I work in. <laughs> so when we make these trips, uh, it's either a lot of scrimping or say and saving, or somebody let me hitch a ride, or someone like Andrew paid my way. So <laughs> yeah, y'all got to find something that you can put the two of us together so we can actually meet before we go to the other side of glory where we finally meet face to face. Actually, brother, I was sitting, I was adding it up in my head. I think we're pushing somewhere around maybe seven years and between this show and another show we've done approximately probably 350 episodes together it's it's insane isn't it that that we've been at it this long and that's what blows my mind is that there are still people willing to listen after this long um but uh it's it's been a blessing and folks i cannot say this enough for someone who is so far away Rich is one of my my best, very best friends, and probably hears more from me than anybody that I'm around, save my wife and my children. Um, I am blessed beyond measure to have him as my partner, and my brother in Christ, and and, and his part. There would not be a uh, a voice reason radio without him. So somebody, y'all need to do something to put us in a position where we can actually be face to face. Cause this ain't working. <laughs> I mean, for crying out loud, even Daryl and Virgil are start showing up at stuff and they started the same way we did. Never seen each other face to face. This ain't fair folks. Help. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But thank you folks for allowing us to be part of this and, uh, and just pray for the, the continuation of this program as God would allow it to be on the air. Um, we, we always joke, joke about tens and tens of listeners and that we're not a big program and that's fine. That's God's d- design for this. Um, somebody joked with me once and said, how is it that you don't have bigger numbers given some of the people that have shared some of your stuff? I, I honestly think half the time that's God going, yeah, no, Chris, you don't need to be that big yet. I know your head. Um, <laughs> but so we joke about that. But we get to speak to who that who the people that God wants us to speak to. We do ask you to consider sharing it because we would like to be able to talk to other people as well. But that's all in God's hands. Even if y'all share it, it's all in God's hands. So we're not worried about that. Um, but y'all make this possible uh, because you listen. If there wasn't anybody listening, we would have folded up shop a long time ago. And some of you have started to come in a little bit, bringing some friends with you. And we appreciate that. And so all we can do is is ask that you pray for us to, that we would continue to do what God has called us to, in this particular, uh, I I I don't really per se have a. I, I I'm always reluctant to say the word ministry because it's not really in a ministry, but in this platform that God has allowed us to use, um, we want to continue to do that. We want to put more stuff out there. We want to spend more time putting these things together. We want to spend more time getting to know people like yourselves. We want to hear from you so we know what we're talking about either is impacting you or has no bearing in your life and we need to spend on some time on something else. We'd love to have your input. Uh, we want to get to know the people that make this show possible. So contact us. Let us know. It's It's... Voice. I know most of y'all don't use email anymore. It's you know you you forget the app exists. But uh, voiceofreasonradio at gmail.com. You can email us. You can find us on Facebook. Just look for Voice of Reason Radio. Look for the logo that has the letters V O R with the little sound wave lines coming off of it. That's our Voice of Reason, not the other ones. Uh, or you can find the Voice of Reason Twitter handle. It's at V O R underscore radio. Uh, most of you know us. Rich and I are, are, are on Twitter. You can find us on there. The VOR um, you know, profile uh, page actually links uh, both Rich and I's Twitter handles on there as well. So you can, you, if you go to the VOR uh, Twitter, you can find not only that, please follow it. We'd lo- the, the newest stuff that comes out of us comes first and foremost through that Twitter account. So, because half the stuff is automatically linked to it. So if there's new articles, new uh, audio, whatever, or uh, audio, new uh, programs, it's there. So you can, you can, you can find it. But um, like I said, you can also find Rich and I's Twitter handles as well, uh, on there as well. So make use of the website, slavetothekeng.com. There's more and more content. I'm, I'm trying to work on do, doing more posting more articles. I know Rich is, is, is looking to try to, to write up some more stuff as well. Make use of it. It's there. And there's a gospel link. So if you want to share the gospel online, but you never know what to say, that's one option. Uh, Rich actually made some uh, actual Twitter, um, or not Twitter, but some uh, e-tracks, I guess you called them, uh, that you uh, that you can share 
They have you know the pictures and the gospel message on it. Use it, please. That's what it's there for. We would love to uh, love to hear from you. Love to have you guys uh, make use of those tools. That's what we're doing this for is to to bless to, to bless you guys and to to honor God. That's all this is about. So we're grateful. We appreciate the time you spent with us, and uh, we look forward to speaking with you next time. God bless. Good night. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.